Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide through the Outwatch experience, and you have found us in episode two of season four of Outwatch, during which we will be covering season 33 of Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. This episode, we are recapping, rewatching, and reacting to episode two of that season titled Love Goggles. I am joined, as always, by three of my friends who are relative newcomers to this whole lovely world we call Survivor and who will be recapping, rewatching, and reacting along with me. Uh, Outwatch is a proud member of the Megabed Media family. Give us a follow, a subscription on YouTube to catch the feeds of all of Megabed Media podcasts. Okay, so this episode, the main overriding story is this showmance that has blossomed between Figgy and Taylor, both beautiful millennials, striking eyes. And <laughs> much as much ado is made of this relationship. And so that made me wonder. Uh, and so I must ask my co-hosts. Put yourself in this situation. You have been casted on Survivor. It's night four. You are sleeping in the shelter, and you look over, and you see two people full-on tongue-kissing in the shelter. What do you ever imagine that you do in response? Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Watch. <laughs> Like in that moment? Yes. Or in that moment, you're on Survivor and you're watching your tribe mates Ooh. make out. I think in that moment, I would probably like either A, roll over or B, like get somebody else's attention and be like, are you seeing this? <laughs> but then I probably wouldn't do anything to stop it. But I'd very be, I would have thoughts. At the minimum. At the minimum. <laughs> I just like this idea is, is wild to me that people would do this. And so obviously that's why I'm asking this. Uh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hey, what would you do if you were if your tribe mates were making out on Survivor? Um, yeah, I don't know. I probably would try and not bring attention to myself and pretend like it wasn't happening, but it would be uncomfortable. Yeah, I think. Uh, Michaela's explanation of what was happening, which was something along the lines of, that's gross. You haven't been brushing your teeth. Your breath stinks. Why are you doing that? Sand in I your think drawers. Yeah. Uh, sh she did say this, actually. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, dramatic music included. Yeah. My favorite part of that whole um, monologue was, you've got sand in your drawers. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah. That was really good. Yep. Uh, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here. Hey, what would you do if your tribe mates were making out on Survivor? I, I, I have to. I mean, obviously, I, I can see the answer already. But like, did everyone here never go to a party where two people started making out in the corner? Like that never happened to you guys in like the high school? Difference. Or I didn't do parties in high school. No. <laughs> the difference. Is that they're on Survivor. 
I know how to party. Here's the thing: like, I'm not saying like I, it wasn't like a. I, when I say party, even I mean like after prom. Like it wasn't like a party. Well, what? What's your point? Like, I didn't just you, say like this has happened, and like the answer, the answer is ignore and pretend you didn't see anything. But this is Survivor. But this is Survivor. Survivor. <laughs> In which case, I would probably ignore and pretend like I didn't see anything. I think that I would probably look around to my tribe and say this. It's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet I bet Taylor was like. Oh. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's such a long audio. It part. is. <laughs> uh, there's so many I can pull here. I, you know, I, I, I think that Taylor and, and Fig, you're really closely aligned. In a sexual way. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> you know, I would probably look at my tribe today and say, I'm not even having any fun. <laughs> yes. Hold on, hold on, let me get there. That's let me really get there. That's really what I would say. Uh, uh, uh. This isn't fun for me. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. <laughs> I bet after this all happened, Jay looked at Taylor and was all. I, I hope I earned some major man points today. <laughs> <laughs> I bet afterwards. The moment these audio clips have been waiting for. <laughs> it's perfect. I think Michaela's reaction was this. I probably pooped on myself. <laughs> uh, I think Jay also was thinking this. I am genuinely impressed. Oh, <laughs> uh, too many, too many. Anyway, uh, that did happen. It made me think of like, um, hopefully you guys never experienced this, but like, um, like freshman year of college when like your roommate has um, a partner when over when you're sexiled when you're sexiled <laughs> yeah and you like know what's going on in the bunk above you but like <laughs> you know you just can't really address it if it was Michaela though she would have addressed it yeah as you should as like, you yeah, should honestly right. yeah. but also power couple she needs to call him out yeah through that. Well, anyway, this episode is called, is titled Love Goggles, fittingly. Um, and a lot happens this episode. This is the second episode of the season. And uh, what do you say we start our recap by uh, recapping the episode? How, how do, what do you think about that, guys? No, let's, let's actually start at the end of the episode and work our way backwards. So Mari gets voted out. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens in episode two of Millennials versus Gen X. Uh, after David's rough first episode, um, he comes back to camp and he makes fire. Everybody else, though, says that they are trying to make him feel comfortable so that he can be led to his inevitable slaughter and go quietly. But while that's all happening, David finds himself an immunity idol in a marked coconut. And now David is strapped with an idol. We get our first look next into Taylor and Figgy's full-on showmance, which was hinted at in the first episode. But we've got tongue, folks. We've got... It's, it's real. <laughs> At the Gen X tribe, Ken catches an octopus, but follows it up with expressing a wariness of his social ability. We talked about this last episode, but he connects with David 
over their own um, feelings of social awkwardness. And that leads David to sharing the information about his idol with Ken. We get some tension at the millennial camp between Michaela and Figgy. Michaela, who calls Figgy out on this showmance, um, and Figgy, who doesn't take too kindly to it. At the Gen X tribe, Paul has a bit of a scare where he kind of collapses um, and calls, needs medical to come out. Turns out it is the beginning of heat exhaustion, and after what looks like a pretty scary episode where we may see a medevac, um, he actually recovers quite well, and everything's cool. We've got an immunity and a reward challenge where the contestants have to jump out into the ocean for a set of keys, release some rings, and then do a carnival-style ring toss. Uh, Gen X wins this challenge, and they also get a tarp to boot, which they you know just returned to Jeff, and then Jeff gave it back. At the Millennial Tribe, the vote is pretty clearly on Figgy, it seems, until Zeke and Adam tell Jay, who is closely aligned with Figgy, that that's the plan. Jay then tells Michelle, and Michelle and Jay, um, mostly Michelle, though, start the work of flipping the vote from Figgy to someone else. Uh, Jay gets Michaela and Figgy to make up in order to get their votes for the time for this particular vote. And then there's even some craziness at Tribal Council where Michelle is whispering to Hannah about flipping the vote to Mari. Um, and after all is said and done, Mari is voted out by a vote of seven to three, leaving obviously her in the dark as she's voted out. But also Zeke and Adam are left out of this vote as well. Everybody else's votes land on Mari, making her the second person voted out of the game. Which is a bummer. Uh, I remember, like, as the season was beginning, that after that first episode, a lot of the buzz was like, dude, Mari looks really good. She seems really smart. Gives, like, great, you know, confessional content. Um, and then, boom, kind of out of nowhere. Episode two, she's gone. Um, Mari's never returned, and I'd love to see her play again. So, what was your favorite part of this episode, folks? Ooh, I'm just salty about the end. I was That's where say, we started. I think yeah. this is this is the thing about this episode is I'm trying to think back and I'm not sure there were any parts I really liked. Yeah. Like in terms of like, yeah, this was awesome. But there were a lot of parts that I'm like, this was awful, but like makes good television. So I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah I, I still am like disappointed that this is how this turned out, because I really think that Mari was like going to be a really interesting character to follow. She like. They talk about her. She like plays video games for a living, right? Do you know like what she does specifically? Have you like come across her before? No. Mm -mm. She like is the at least when this came out was like the main. Uh, I may be wrong, but this is how I remember that she like was the video game content like director person for Smosh. Oh really? Yeah. So she's like on the Smosh, um, YouTube channel. It's a really big youtube channel yeah she has emily's looking at me like i don't know what that means she has nine hundred thousand instagram followers so okay wow yeah they're massive youtube channel they also like one of the video like categories that they did was like video game stuff and Mm -hmm. like that was huge like Mm -hmm. there there aren't many youtube video game people as big as smoshes and it's not even their main thing so like yeah Good for her. Mm-hmm. 
She was the host of Smosh Pit Weekly. Um, she would appear in videos on the main Smosh channel. She became the third most recognized member of Smosh besides Ian and Anthony until the rest of the addition of the rest of the main Smosh cast. And she was on Survivor. I so I think the thing that the most like memorable part of this episode for me is the moment when I don't remember who it is even someone on the group of people who have the majority of votes decide we need to tell Jay so he can vote with us. Yeah, that was Adam and Zeke. And that was the moment that I was like, you are the dumbest two survivors I've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) because you had the majority. You don't need to keep telling people your plan. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was the most frustrating, like 20 minutes of television I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, like an interesting thing to talk about. I think that like probably their reason for doing this is that like when you conduct a blind side, the ideal is to involve to blindside just the person that's getting voted out so that nobody comes back to camp like pissed off. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine this is what they're trying to do. Right. Is saying like, hey, like, I know that you're aligned with Figgy, but it's Figgy. like. But we wanted to let you know so you're not blindsided, right? To try and, like, damage control as best as possible. And that obviously blew up in their faces. I don't get that strategy, though. Like, my mindset is, you're not a part of the majority. I will blindside every last one of you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, especially in an era of Survivor where, like, alliances are more fluid. Less, like, cut, you know, into stone like they used to be. But yeah, like a, that's obviously like the fatal flaw for that group. Yeah. Huh. Any other favorite moments from this episode, Scott? Do you have anything that really tickled your fancy? Yeah, I, like Adam said, I was like trying to think of like major things that happened, and like the only thing I could think of that was like the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always, whenever they have the like, like jump I, into the ocean and grab the keys things, I'm like that looks fun. I would do that. Yeah, like it looked like a fun one to take part in. I was frustrated that the millennials jumped out to as big of a lead as they did, mm-hmm. and then blew it. Um, but yeah, it was like a super fun challenge. I, and honestly, I was really worried for David while watching it because he had a really bad performance. Yeah, he did. I thought I thought he was that was going to be the nail in his coffin. But yeah, I guess the challenge is the thing for me. Yeah, I was sure. kind of bummed out that Mari got got voted out. Yeah. Emily, what yeah. about you? Um, I would echo the challenge. I found myself being very into the challenges this season. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like edge of my seat, wondering what's going to happen. So I yeah. think that kind of speaks to, I don't know, maybe my enthusiasm for these challenges in general as a survivor watcher. Sure. But also, I think, too, just the way that they're structured. I think, especially jumping from amazon to this season which is like mm-hmm. a decade yeah of survivor yeah that we've flown through More than. it's just very different i think in the way that they structure it which is interesting to yeah, me yeah for sure yeah i feel like there's not a lot of like big fun moments this episode but there's a lot of like small ones that i like found to be funny or enjoyable some of the highlights are uh i pulled a clip another clip from michaela this episode where she's talking about like uh, the like 
working survivor magic is like by being subtle and not like coming out on the beach, like with the whole, I'm a flirt thing. We're talking about figgy. Do you remember this? Mm. Yeah. And she makes this great, great metaphor. You need to pull the bunny out the hat. You just can't walk in with the bunny. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and it's so smart. It's a great metaphor. She's saying that you, you have to reveal in a, like stunning fashion your game and not just be like, here's my game. He was really astute. And I also just like love that. That uh, is we did see we, we didn't talk about Michaela at all last episode because I don't think that she's really I don't think we really see her. Yeah. Um, like she kind of comes out and it's like, who is this person? I don't remember seeing them. Yeah. And like she has she, she has the confrontation. Yep. She has a few talking head pieces. Uh, and she has like ultimately deciding to vote with Biggie, but she has these like really big moments throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. And she seems like such a smart player. Michaela's very moments. smart. Yeah. Like it's, it's not just like, cause, cause I think there's, we, we talked about this last episode too, that, that kind of like stereotypical, like we're going to edit uh, the, this black woman in a way that makes her look like the stereotypical angry right. black woman. Right. And there is a kind of a feeling of that. But then when you get to the talking head pieces, it's like, you know what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Like you straight up know what you're doing. And I am so interested to see how you play this game. Yeah. Yeah. The like first layer that we get of Michaela is the like, oh, no, you didn't girl. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, as you dig even a little, you know, bit, you find it. Yeah. Out what you just said that she is uh, really perceptive and like has a really good handle of like what you have to do to in the game, even if her personality is that of someone who like isn't afraid of confrontation or will like call things out. I think Adam sums her up pretty well in tribal where he says like, like, yeah, I get Michaela. She's a straight shooter. And like, mm-hmm. that is great sometimes. And it's uh, really not great other times. And that, yeah, that's just like her personality. Well, and if you can be a straight shooter at the right moments, then it's perfect. Like, yeah. um, I also really loved after our like big showmance kind of segment, we got like a pretty extended confessional from Jay, which similarly, we talked about this last episode, but it similarly to Michaela, where maybe on the surface, they like seem like this certain type of person. When you like start to talk to them, you realize like, oh, this is like a smart, perceptive person who's here to play. Like, I think the same thing happens with Jay this episode where he's like, you know, dude, I love Taylor. He's my boy, but this is stupid. Like, I can't believe he's doing this. Like, and he goes and confronts Taylor about it too. My favorite part of that whole confessional though, was where he was like, like we've all seen this before, you know? And then he goes on to like, tell this, what seems like a very personal story about how like his (laughs) friend bailed on bowling night to spend time with his girlfriend, (laughs) (laughs) which feels like was something that directly happened to him. (laughs) It made me laugh. Uh, one other small highlight for me was Hannah's sit-out bench commentary. Um, there's like a moment where, uh, oh, who is it? I think it's maybe like Paul or whatever. It's like, and Jeff's like, Paul, ripping through the water. And then oh. Hannah's like, you're ripping through the water too, Michelle. <laughs> I really liked that. I, thought I that feel was like so they were kind of clapping back at jeff's commentary because yeah. he said something else i think it was in the first episode or yeah it was it was towards rachel and they panned to them and their faces just kind of like really 
I don't remember what he said. I don't know if anyone yeah. remembers. Yeah. The millennials in general seem pretty quick to like clap back at probes in a way, like not even necessarily in a mean way, but yeah, like just right. like, like have fun with first him as probes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, yeah, last episode it was like after the puzzlers on the Gen X tribe swapped and he was like, these new people are making a ton of progress, whereas you know, or oh, oh, it was like Rachel is adding, you know, a lot of uh, direction, but was unable to make any progress on her own. And then Rachel's like, I didn't make no progress or whatever. Like, I made some progress. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was <laughs> yeah. So anyway, lots of like small things that were funny this episode, even if not. I will also say I love that David admitted to being a little upset that Paul was OK. Yeah, <laughs> that was something. Yeah, that was interesting, too. Because I was like, I mean, we get like the whole lead up into this episode about like David and Ken are talking and saying like, oh, yeah, Paul is like kind of a leader. We need to watch out for him, et cetera, et cetera. And then like Paul has what kind of looks like a heart attack. What is teased as a heart attack in the last episode. Uh Um, And everyone's kind of standing around, obviously very concerned about him. And then after we find out it's heat stroke and he's going to be okay. David in his talking head is like, you know, like, I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's okay. But it would have been so good for me. If he, right. <laughs> he had a heart attack. Yeah. And like, I love that honesty so much. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. So some of the questions off the main points here, I, I wanted to ask, um, so David finds an idol here really early on in the episode and in, in the marked coconut. Um, again, like at this era of survivor, there's like a higher number of idols and advantages um, than earlier on. And in Kageon, we got like a taste of this, but I'd say it's even like more proliferated by this point. Were you surprised by David finding an idol at this point? Um, or, or did you kind of see this coming? I'm not surprised because he was so interested in finding one Mm -hmm. and he was actively looking for it. And I feel like the people who really, really look for it are the ones who find it. Sure. In the inconspicuous purple coconut. Right. I I was going to say that was the thing that got me was like, it was just a, it was a coconut Mm -hmm. that like, had a little a symbol on it. Yeah. It didn't seem that hidden, which was is is weird for I guess from what little idols we've seen. Mm-hmm. It just I don't know, it seemed very obvious. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a an era, right, where like to find an idol you had to like follow a series of clues to now right. where like if you hunt around in the jungle and get lucky, you're gonna find one. Uh, the the big part of this episode was the whole Taylor and Figgy, which comes to be known as Figtails, um, <laughs> is their couple name. The full on showmance. This is our first real showmance that we've seen. Um, of course, Amazon had um, a lot of what Dina would call. Uh, there's some there's some sexual heat there, but <laughs> no real like actual showmances. So, with this being our first exposure to an actual showmance, what is our reaction to this storyline, 
to this edit to the events going on uh, as it pertains to Figtales. Scott, what what was your uh, reaction to our our first Outwatch showmance? I didn't understand like why they were being so like out in the open about it. Uh-huh. Um, because as was very like quickly picked up on by everybody else because they literally were not discreet about it at all. Like they're that's two votes. Like they're clearly an alliance. Like that makes them like a threat and puts them like immediate target on their back. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't understand, like if you want to be a showman, that's fine. But like, I don't know, find a way to like, I don't know if you even can, but like, if you could just like find a way to not be so open about it. Right. <laughs> it would work to your advantage better. If you're trying to win win the game, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Like Zeke says, like it's against the spirit of the game for them to have like two votes, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like ask this question because even if, you know, like from a, a strategy game perspective, it's like frustrating or dumb or whatever, like for, you know, like a lot of shows are built on showmances, right? Like it's it can be like compelling television. Um, is this something that you're like interested in as a viewer or do you find it to be like silly or like not interesting to watch? I I think what's interesting about that is like excuse me the like the will they won't they component though oh okay not just like oh they're they're in a relationship now sure so like the only way this actually gets interesting to me as a viewer is if they have a falling out in which case like here for it baby (laughs) absolutely that is some drama i will watch every day of the week Mm -hmm. but like if i mean it's it's episode two like it's not even there's not been any kind of tease of this really. I mean, like we know that they kind of like, ah, oh, maybe they're kind of into each other. And then episode two starts and they're together, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it's just, I don't know. There's not much of a buildup. And so it's not that interesting in terms of. So guess, we have to keep, so we have to keep in mind though. We have that extra day mm. built in because of the cyclone. So true. what could happen in that one day? I forgot about the cyclone time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people, you know, cyclones uh, form close bonds. <laughs> That's what people say. Yeah, it was just really random, I thought. <laughs> the whole relationship just kind of came on. It's like so on brand, too. Like, you look at this tribe and you say, all right, which are the two players that are most likely to get into a showmance? Like, I think you're going to pick Figgy and Taylor every time. Those beautiful blue eyes, though. I mean, Taylor, not Taylor, Mikhail, Figgy, Figgy. Sorry. <laughs> This is the problem with the the androgynous name of Taylor. Is that uh, I keep I keep getting him confused with her. Yeah. Uh, so Figgy in like episode one says something about like I'm here to win a million dollars, and it would be great if I got a husband too. Yeah. <laughs> like she makes it clear from the get go that like this is her focus. I don't know. It's just yeah. not the way it comes together. It makes it not interesting to me. Sure. Sure. Uh, a few things that are very telling for um for Taylor and his bio, 
for this season. Uh, if you could have three things on the island, what would they be? He says, a toothbrush, lip balm, and most of all, my banjo. Um, well, tells, wow. Tells you a lot. <laughs> and throb. the Survivor contestant he's most like, uh, Outwatch legend, Woo. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he is nothing like Woo. Go <laughs> Discount Woo over here. <laughs> um, the incomparable Woo. Yeah, I remember watching this the first time and just feeling so like annoyed by <laughs> this um this storyline. It's like this is stupid. Like neither I, of these people are at this point, at least in the the um the season was like none of these people are good at survivor like i don't care you know um but you know tbd if that I, I evolves have, i have a question that will move us away from this topic completely but it just reminded me of it um i think in this episode it might have been the last episode but in one of these two episodes i think it's david mm-hmm. says he's not a someone type he's a john cochran type yeah what this do is, those two people okay, mean? <laughs> okay, I noticed this happening and I did think about that these internal meta survivor references will be completely lost to you. Yeah, and if you don't want to tell us because we're going to watch episodes No, this... I can like give you these what these characters are like without spoiling them. There were two okay. Cochran references these episodes. So like, at one point Will is talking I think to Michelle on the beach and he's saying like he wants to vote out figgy and he's like you know she's the type of person that could go deep into the game and take control i've seen cochran do it i've seen parvati do it who long story short are both like just successful players who uh are like underestimated right and then there's another point where Oh, yeah. David says he I have more Cochran in me than I have. Oh, who was the other person? He oh, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy is like legendary survivor again, like successful player who is just like the epitome of individual challenge beast provider catches fish wins challenges. And Cochran is uh, similarly to David, like super fan game bot nerd who can't, you know, chop wood. <laughs> okay. These are just, yeah, If these are players that you would like, whether or not they've actually won seasons or not, have, like, appeared multiple times and, like, have performed decently such that, yeah. like, you would recognize the names, you know? They're representative of some facet of the game. Yeah, and they, like, are the placeholders for, like, certain archetypes of players. Gotcha. Right, like... This is like a thing I think we've talked about before where it's pretty clear that Survivor, when they're casting a season, like has a handful of buckets that they need to fill, right? They like need to fill the like surfer bro. They need to fill, um, yeah, the like person that comes from like a science or, you know, like other nerdy profession and like love Survivor, right? They need to fill, um, the mom, right? Anyway, so these are like the the well known placeholders for those those types of players. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, 
Why am I yawning so openly? I'm on a podcast. I'm doing yeah. it too, though. It's getting late, folks. <laughs> I apologize to our viewers. Um, I, I, we talked about this a little bit last episode on accident, but um, what do you guys think about this Ken and David uh, budding alliance that we start to see in, in this episode? Um, again, like an unlikely pair, but um, what did you think as they started to connect? And, and even that uh, David shared the information of his idol with ken um what was was your reaction to that scene uh i think david was again being a little hasty mm-hmm. but i think i don't know if you know i think he did the wrong thing i think he's really desperate to find yeah some like security and I think he found that in Ken and felt like, okay, genuinely this person is because the other people he went up to and he was like, I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> you know, but with Ken, I think he was like, okay, I actually understand that we have a connection here and I, I do trust you and I'm going to show this to you. I trust you. Okay. I trust you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. People have talked about, you know, in like the strategy discussion that, you know, uh, we talked about this last episode, but idols have power in and of themselves because of what they they're like function in the game. But also your ability to share information uh, in the form of information about an idol is um, advantageous too. you know, like information is power in the game. And so to be able to say to somebody, hey, I have an idol like that's a trust building method. It may even have more power than what the idol itself does, right? It also has the potential to like sink your game if you tell the wrong person. Um, but it, it also has like the potential to bond um like an alliance. Um so Paul, we, we talked a little bit about the Paul situation. This was a big moment for a while, and then it's ten it seems to like uh not really be super relevant, but what were 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 you guys uh, anticipating a medevac when when Paul goes down there? Did you think that we were on our way to a medevac, or did you think that he would be okay? Yes. Like episode one, the teaser for this episode is uh, Doctor Whatever saying, "I think he might be having a heart attack." Doctor Joe, Survivor Legend, Doctor Joe, and then. We we watch the scene and it comes in and like someone says uh, someone says the words heart attack and Doctor Joe says the words heart attack mm-hmm. and it's like it's just heat exhaustion like yeah. he's fine you know yeah. it was the most like anticlimactic thing especially since they teased the heart attack like, yeah yeah anytime anybody mentions like like my fingers are numb I can't like I don't have control of my hands like in an acute state like that that's usually not a good sign. Yeah. But, so I was like, I thought we were headed for him getting evacuated. But I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was just super anticlimactic. Like, oh, he's fine. We're good. Like, no follow up tests. He's <laughs> fine. Dr. Joe is one of the few, maybe the only non Jeff, like, production staff that, like, is named and is a part of the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dr. Joe is, is named by people on the show. You know, we, we see Dr. Joe sometimes. 
And he's the only the only behind the scenes person that you ever get to see is Dr. Joe. He seems like the most important behind the scenes person. Dr. Joe's a freaking legend. That's all. Yeah, you got to be pretty good. Like, I mean, I'm like on the island of Fiji, so I assume they're not like that far from like civilization if they need to be. But like, like, I don't know. I would think if they needed to get to a hospital, they probably could. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm assuming he's got to be a pretty like a very he's not like a quack doctor to like be able to take care of these people. He isn't a quack, but Scott, do you think that um, that um, he might be a llama? <laughs> a llama? <laughs> um, yeah, there's. Uh, <laughs> after words when they like win the the challenge, did you like? Did you guys catch what like Paul said when he went to go get the idol? No. He like goes, he gets it from Jeff. And I think like you see Jeff laugh at this, but he's like, Dr. Joe revived this old pirate or something like that. that. Like, shut up. (laughs) Cut rate Rupert. We've got cut rate woo and cut rate Rupert. (laughs) I just, how, how long was that scene? It was, it was, I mean, it was basically showman's and Paul's like medical thing this there was a commercial in the middle of paul's medical thing yeah there was like that's how long that scene was there was a commercial yeah and it ultimately comes down to yeah oh yeah yeah, he's true yeah like that was so anticlimactic that sucked i'm glad he's okay don't get me wrong for sure but (laughs) probably a super nice guy ultimately nothing comes of this like it's just a waste of 15 minutes of the show yeah yeah uh, who did you guys think it was going to be going into tribal? We like get this, um, like a lot of the heat is on Figgy, right? But then we get this extended scene of um, Jay and Michelle. Honestly, carries a lot of the weight here and flipping the vote um, on Tamari. But going into tribal, did you think that this was going to be Figgy, or did you think that it was going to be someone else? I knew it was going to be Mari. Because I was mad because in the first episode, I was mad that Cece was on the chopping block and I didn't understand why. Yeah. And I was on this. uh, Well, the reality of the fact that. People keep in this game, people of color keep being targeted first. Uh And when they what's his name and he went and blabbed about their plan. Yeah. Yeah, it made me so angry to watch that, too. I know Adam was talking about that, but I was just like, of course, this is happening. Like, they go straight to Figgy and they're like, hey, you're going to be voted out. Mm-hmm. OK, well, that's shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just like, Mari is such a good player. And of course, she won't get a chance. So that's me being very cynical. But in fact, I was right. So, yeah, you were right. I, I Yeah, I, I think the person of color thing is a topic of conversation in this, too. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just so curious how they targeted Mari. Yeah. And, and that's the part that gets me because Jay and Adam are the ones who come to, or sorry, uh, Keith, Keith, Zeke, Zeke and Adam. Zeke. Wow. Wow. Sorry, Zeke. Um, Zeke and Adam <laughs> are the ones who go to Jay. Yeah. And Jay turns around and talks to Figgy 
Figgy had a confrontation with Michaela earlier, and somehow Mari winds up in the crossfire of all of this. Yeah. And I don't get it. Like, it is unclear. We're not really given a reason. And there's there's like a part of me that I mean, like, it sucks if I mean, it sucks that two people of color went out at the mm-hmm. beginning of this game. Yeah, it would suck if I mean, Michaela went out another person of color instead of Mari. But at least I understand that choice. Sure. Like, like she she called you out for your bullshit. And so, like, yeah. You know, like you went after her because she was a dissenting voice. Right. I, I get it. Even if it feels wrong yeah, for, or whatever. Yeah. Given the fact that she was probably well, struggling to trust people in the game anyway. Their rationale, though, their because the whole reason they want to get rid of Figgy is because she now has an advantage by being in this showman's. Right. So mm-hmm. the best alternative to that, in argument's sake, I don't believe this is true, but the best. Alternative is not to say, well, she has beef with this person. It's, well, this person's more strategic than her. Mm -hmm. Be scared of her. Mm -hmm. And that's compelling. Yeah. And then you can get the person who she's salty with on your side. I just don't get that. I mean, I'm not saying I like it. Yeah. I don't. I'm mad about it, but I see what they did. It is like really confusing. You know, there's not like a compelling reason given as to why it's her. I don't know why. Yeah. Like if. Because Adam and Zeke are also left out of this vote, right? So, like, why... If if those are the three that they're not letting into the plan, like, why it's Mari over Adam or Zeke, like, there's not really a reason given. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I just... I don't get the the vote. Like, there there are a number of reasons why this sucks. I mean, Mari being voted out being the biggest one of them, because Mm -hmm. she seems like an interesting player. But, like, also... It sucks that like we've had two tribals now where votes have been cast for people that we just don't understand why they're getting targeted. Yeah. CC in the first one and now Mari, who ultimately gets voted out. Yeah. It just yeah. It it feels like you spent I mean, we just talked about the freaking heart attack. That's not a heart attack that takes up 15 minutes of the episode. Yeah, it's like, can we spend some time with Mari instead? <laughs> yeah. can, we, can we spend yeah. some time understanding why these people decided to target Mari? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that I was thinking about this before this um, recording and that, you know, some of the these first two players that are voted out, we like don't get very much from them at all. Right. Um, and I think the way that this season plays out is that. Though these first couple episodes aren't like. Uh, super thrilling what it does is it it does the same thing that like the first few chapters of like a book does in that it like begins you know like sets the groundwork for us to get to know the characters that do become like big deals you know that are like have like really rich stories and the downside of that is that the players that are being voted out early and therefore don't have rich uh, edits or whatever, like they leave without us really not, you know, without us really knowing anything about them, um, which is like unfortunate. But the, yeah, it, it's a trade off, right? And in this season, they really lean heavily into there again, like merge on pretty much everybody left, like has a really full edit, you know, and like you feel like you've really gotten to know them, but the trade-off is that some of these early boots, um, you really are like, so what What were they doing here? You know? 
that must be why the first challenge involved the uh the comparison of the short-term versus mm-hmm. long-term gains yeah they knew going in they knew they're like we're gonna fuck up this editing <laughs> no <laughs> but in the end <laughs> but seriously like i i don't know some of like the I think the most like satisfying character arcs that you find in the season of Survivor like come in this season. There's like a lot of really cool character moments deep in the season. That the I thing th- is, they need to. Yeah. Otherwise, all of this feels so pointless and arbitrary. Yeah. I think it's like definitely like it pays off. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's talk about the whispering at tribal. This is the first time we've seen this too. Um. Where you have. In this case, it's Michelle like whispering to Hannah, and Jay's kind of involved there too. Where as Jeff is asking questions, as people are answering them, we have these side conversations, these whispers going on. Uh, what did you what were did you make of this new addition to the Tribal Council experience? I was super confused watching it. Yeah, uh-huh. again because I knew that Michelle was going to try to like do work to like get that but i was like in my head trying to figure out like like who like who i was with michelle and them and why like why hannah was important like i was just like try like it was happening very quickly <laughs> so i was like trying to do math in my head and i couldn't do it and yeah, yeah. but like i don't know i just i feel like it's kind of risky to do it like right in the middle of tribal right mm-hmm. am i wrong yeah, like I, th- I think you're right, right? Like I'd imagine that most people are pretty have their minds pretty made up when it comes to tribal what they're gonna do to like try and change the minds. There is, it's also such a weird ask to be like, "Hey, I'm voting for this person, and you just need to trust me and vote with me." Yeah, like there is yeah. zero, Even, there yeah, is like, zero things you could say to me in that tribal that end with "You just need to trust me." That would make me switch my vote. Yeah. Yeah, like even Hannah was like, I I trust you, but you need to give me a reason. Mm-hmm. And she like right. wouldn't give her a reason. She's like, I'll but tell you later. She doesn't have a reason. Her reason is I don't want my friend to get voted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hannah then also oh, spends, it was just a a, lot. spends a bunch of time in the voting booth, <laughs> knocks over those hilarious. <laughs> Jeff like peeks in from behind to see if she's okay. <laughs> Jeff Beacon was one of my favorite. I think that's my favorite scene that's ever happened in Survivor or will ever happen in Survivor. <laughs> it's the the shot is Hannah at uh-huh. the voting booth, and uh-huh. you can see the tribal behind her, and then all of a sudden Jeff's head just kind of pops in the frame yeah. and looks down like it's what's a, happening. It's a very very high quality comedic moment. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I think like with that too, there's this moment with Hannah that I think is. um, So like we talk a a lot about, we talked about this like last season with some of the players that the it's tough, like to overcome initial perceptions, you know, and that like, I think early on Hannah is, this is, you know, among the like pictures of many players that we're getting at this point, the picture that we're seeing other people have of Hannah is that she's kind of like this, I don't know, kind of like goofy, silly person um, who's maybe a little like ornery, 
but like not really a threat. Right. And that they're like whispering. This is this is, I think, ultimately they're like editing kiss of death that we're given for Mari. Right. Is that like they're whispering over there and Jeff like asks, you know, like what's you know, is what do you make of all this? And Mari's like, I mean, it's probably fine. It's probably Hannah just being Hannah talking about puppies and butts or something. Which, you know, like, is what we're given is like, okay, she like underestimated what was happening, right? But it also shows what like people are thinking of Hannah at this point is that like, Hannah is silly, funny, not really a, a threat or to be taken seriously. I, I read that as like Mari was trying to protect Hannah from this. Like, yeah, I thought she was trying to. Yeah, that's a that's another thought. Yeah, yeah, like like she was she was assuming that Hannah was talking to Mich- Michelle. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Was talking yeah. to Michelle. Like, oh yeah, we're voting we're voting for Figgy. Like we, you know, you're you gotta you know agree to. And Mari like overheard these people, like saw these people talking, and just assumed that like, oh well, like she's on my side, so I'm gonna deflect for her. Sure. Was yeah, that, I read it at least. It yeah. may not be true. But. Yeah, no, that's another good read. Which I mean, yeah, I mean it, it means that Mari doesn't know fully what's happening in the game, obviously, which right. is what makes this a, such a successful blindside. Yeah. She was salty, as she said. She should be salty. Yeah. That sucked. Full. <laughs> <laughs> So before we we move on to our MVPs, uh, our next episode, of course, will be our special one of our favorite episodes of the season, our our draft special. Uh, We've gotten a pretty good picture of a number of the players in this season. There's, of course, a number of them that we haven't seen with really any um, like noteworthy value or stories at this point. But coming out of these first couple episodes, who do we like? Who are you seeing some potential in um, from either group as uh, potentially a power player this season? Emily, would you care to give your thoughts first? Uh, I would say Mari. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so pissed about it. She was really, let me just say one more thing. Do it. What we did see from her was really good strategy. Yeah. She was talking about, okay, there's this clique of people who have gotten together and in any other circumstance that we've seen in Survivor anyway, that's just it. That's who runs the show. They just are unchallenged. And Mari's like, that's not happening. So she pulls all these people together and she's yeah. like, we're going to break this apart. Well, she said she she had that conversation with Hannah, who agreed. Yeah. yeah. Who ultimately turns on her. I hate this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it makes me mad. But anyway, I thought Mari was very strategic. RIP. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, I still like Zeke. Um I like Hannah. She's fun. Hannah is a lot of fun. She needs to hopefully not be a follower. Mm-hmm. Maybe she can rise. Maybe one from Gen X. And then I think I still like that one guy from Gen X. You know which Ken. Yeah, Ken. The model. I've caught us an octopus. (laughs) 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 Oh. I I mean, I would reflect a lot of what Emily said. I I really, 
I am so curious to see what Adam and Zeke do. Because mm-hmm. they seem like such good players, both of them, and they're just in the wrong alliance right now. Yeah. Which sucks. Um but both of them seem so strong, especially for the for the millennial tribe. I agree. I think Hannah is one of those players. That, I mean, we could see just like I, I think if you don't examine her game very strategically, she kind of skates through it all. But like, she has way more control than we realize. Same thing with Jenna. Like when we looked at Jenna's stats at the end of the season, mm-hmm. like Jenna did so well in that game, and yeah. we like consistently, even with the stats in front of us, like didn't give her the credit she deserved. Sure. But I think Hannah could be one of these people who. Mm-hmm deserves way more credit than we're going to give her. Um, which we're saying at the top of this series, because we will not be giving her credit as the series continues. So just <laughs> be aware. Um, Gen X, I, I think Paul is a such, even though he had a heart attack, um, he is such an interesting person. He's such a like natural leader, but right. not in like a people want to follow him way, but in a I you like to be in charge in our way. Yeah. Everyone knows that being in charge is not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of way. And I want to know how far that gets him. Like I could see that getting him really far into this game just because people are like in the same way that people follow Tony, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, this dude's crazy, but like he's the leader and I, you know, like I don't want to be the leader. So we might as well just follow him. Um, and then, uh, who was the the girl who got the the woman who got the uh, the, the Jessica Jessica legacy yeah. the legacy yeah advantage but she had terrible she had an infection in her eyes yeah, yeah that was because of sand I am she bad. seems like someone who is gonna come more into this game too I think mm-hmm. from Gen X yeah she seems strong um, I think Sunday is gonna be able to relate to millennials really well because she's a youth pastor and so she's gonna like turn her chair around and sit on it backwards and like really get in with those youths. So. Yeah. There you go. That's all yeah. it takes. Youths. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, who are you digging? Um, whoever the random number generator chooses for me. <laughs> oh, I forgot that you have to RNG Jesus this one. Yeah. Um, I will say like, I think I, like I said, I loosely started this episode, like this season, mm-hmm. and then I don't think I finished it, but I think I vaguely remember who wins. But sure. I don't really know any of the details, but I will RNG just to be safe. All right. But, Fair enough. Yeah. And I'll leave my thoughts at that. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our MVPs, guys. Who's going to get your MVP point this episode? Um, Scott, why don't you go first? Uh, this is another hard one because, again, like, there's so many people. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> you can do it. I'm gonna go with. I trust you as much as I hate. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Michelle because she managed to get her friend to not get voted out. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though I had to move. Michelle did a lot, a lot of work to swing the vote. Yeah, Adam, who are you thinking for your MVP this episode? You know, uh, I want to give it. So I know Emily's going to give it to Mari, <laughs> and she absolutely deserves it, even though she gets voted out. So, so because I know that Mari is going to be represented, I'm not going to pick Mari. Um, 
I think I actually want to give it to uh, Michaela uh-huh. because she she has this moment in this game where she she speaks her mind and, and like points out like this is a problem. Yeah, gets gets in with the right people to correct that problem and ultimately decides you know what like I'm going to slip back and I'm going to fade back to the background again. Yeah. And and I think that's a very good move for her. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's the right move, I don't know, but I'm going with Michaela. I think she made, she made a bold play. She made a good move. Mm -hmm. And I really think that she could go far in this game if she just plays it right. Yeah. It's a good pick. Emily. Yeah. You know, it's Mari. (laughs) She had a great game. Yeah. There's nothing that she did wrong. Yeah. To be voted out strategically, she was there. She was making the alliances. She was a mover and shaker. I st- yeah, I still am bummed that this is the way that this shook out. I, I really would have loved to see I more know. of her. I would much rather watch her than Figgy. Which is what I've seen. What's yeah, really disappointing uh, is that you said that Mari doesn't come back for another season, at yeah, least not until at this point. Yeah, caught up. Like that. That kind of sucks because she seems like such a good player. I'd imagine that that has. Uh, I, I like I have no evidence in this, right? But some of that probably has to come from her, right? She has a successful life. She doesn't yeah, need a non survivor. You know, that's fair. Um, I'm going to give mine to Michelle as well. Um, as much as I also hate the way that this, um, you know, came to be, Michelle really, really was the reason it seems that um, this changed. You know, Jay got the information, but then. Jay like shows hesitation, like he has a confessional where he's like, it's seen it's gonna be figgy and that sucks. Um but Michelle says, like, no, we can change this. And and she does. And for her at least, that's um I think a, a really big thing for her position in the game. All right. Anything else from this episode before we wrap things up? I think that does it. I think you're right. I vented enough about episode two, which was very good. Yeah, good. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a feed. Remember to check out our YouTube channel, Megabed Media, where you'll find this as well as every other show on the Megabed Media podcast family uh, for viewing on the YouTubes. And like we mentioned uh, last episode, listener support is open. You can uh, click on the link in the podcast show notes for a chance for you to be able to donate to the show. And of course, we appreciate deeply any anything you're willing to invest in the show with. Um, Next time on Outwatch, it's time for the fantasy draft special where our three contestants or RN Jesus on their behalf will be drafting their tribes for the fantasy portion of the show going forward. Always one of our favorite episodes of the season. So thank you for watching and we'll see you next time.